raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. Good morning. It is Wednesday, October 25th. It's five minutes after 11. You're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Thank you for joining us this morning. So more than three years on after COVID-19 first came here. Guess what? The former Surgeon General wait, still Wait, think, wait, 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 wait. Oh, I'm sorry. Failed. Thank you. Former Surgeon Thank you. General. Thank you. Failed former Surgeon yes, General. Yes, uh, he believes the federal government still not acting fast enough to protect Americans oh from another pandemic or oh, another virus. Casey, yes. Or another something. Uh, Jerome Adams mm-hmm. is who we are talking about. Yeah. He was the health commissioner under Pence mm-hmm. before Dr. Box gynecologist yeah and became the surgeon general of the united united states under trump Mm -hmm. and i knew jerome years ago way before he was health commissioner etc and he always seemed like a very reasonable person good dude fun guy to hang out with kick a few brewskis back with and boy did he take a radical turn to the left post-COVID. Okay, I want to ask you about your relationship with him, but first, let's get to the latest news. Yeah, what did he him. say? Okay, he has a book coming out. It's called Crisis and Chaos, <laughs> Lessons from the Front Lines of the War Against COVID-19. Hit shelves on Tuesday. And Who's buying that book? Who's like, wow, Jerome Adams has a book out. I'm super interested in that. You know what? I don't know who's buying a book right now that's called Crisis and Chaos, because honestly, all you have to do is be awake Yeah. at this point and know, you know, there's so much going right. on in the country, in the world, that if you just want to do a little light reading, right. hey, how about Crisis and Chaos? That sounds like fun. <laughs> Yikes. Anyway, he says in the book that uh, he has PTSD. It, what? He said, I have PTSD, and I mean that very honestly. It was a jarring situation situation trying to be the nation's top doctor and with that and everything else that was going on in his personal life he's claiming he's still uh feeling the effects of that experience wait 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 wait. Mm -hmm. he yeah who signed up to be the surgeon general Mm -hmm. which you would think if you sign up to be the surgeon general you sign up for that because you're excited about taking on big issues involving public health Mm-hmm. He's claiming that because he had a big issue involving public health, where he, Jerome Adams, totally flip-flopped on what he said in the beginning, once he realized the media wanted him to say something else, he's claiming he has PTSD. Mm-hmm. Now, Jerome, um, and in case you'll have to, you know, because my mind is not what it once was, nobody from the government got fired during covid Right. Yeah. Like nobody lost their jobs. Correct. So Jerome, as the Surgeon General, would have kept getting his big salary mm-hmm. and benefits federal employee, right? I mean, mm-hmm. obviously doing very, very well. Yeah. Uh, he would have kept getting all that. Mm-hmm. So the guy who kept getting his check and his benefits and all those, the power and the bully pulpit of the media and everything else, he had PTSD. What about the people who lost their jobs? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's kind of my thinking is I, I understand he, he probably is dealing with some sort of post-traumatic stress disorder. But guess what? We all are. 
Because of people like him. The entire country is dealing with it. And, and not only dealing with that, but then you just look around and think uh, the world is on fire. You're not special. Yeah. We're all dealing with this. So, like I said, Jerome Adams and I used to be, I mean, look, we, we're not like hanging out at the Bellagio together. Mm-hmm. I mean, we weren't going on uh, like family vacations together. But I knew Jerome before he was appointed by Pence to be health commissioner. We had yeah. mutual friends, mm-hmm. uh, hung out with him on multiple occasions. Again, like not saying again in any way we were best buddies or whatever, but I knew him and he was a super cool, very down to earth, very kind of mainstream Republican type of dude. Was he worked? I was no, mm-hmm. but like totally a guy you could sit, pound a few brewskis with. I remember sitting at the, uh, in fact, not there anymore, the Cadillac Ranch before a Colts game, yeah, pounding blue moons before we went to the game, which you know Jerome and other people went in. We had different seats, but super nice guy, yeah. And so when he became health commissioner, he was kind of a you know mainstream guy. There was nothing big that happened there, and then he gets tapped to be Surgeon General. I'm saying, mm-hmm. well, that's kind of probably out of his league, but whatever, mainstream Republican guy probably will do a good job. And something happened to him during COVID because he tweets out at the beginning of COVID. And by the way, I am banned from his tweets. Yeah, he he's, me. he's blocked you. Um, it was hilarious. Some guy mm-hmm. tagged. Tagged me and Hammer and Nigel in, in a tweet. Because it's well known. He banned me. He banned you. Yeah. Um, and Hammer was right on it, too, <laughs> with the correction. <laughs> because the tweet said, uh, former Surgeon General, and, and Hammer said, Failed former yes. surgeon general, uh, and, and so so what happened was so he comes out he Jerome Adams comes out during COVID at the beginning of COVID mm-hmm. and rightfully so is lecturing people on buying these masks and you can see the tweets it's still archived it's been screenshot you can look it up and see it for yourself and he is rightfully so saying you people are being ridiculous these masks don't, don't work. work like stop you're it's this is you know I, he didn't use the word fear porn but but, but what he was saying and. All of a sudden, within a couple weeks' time-ish, suddenly there's this giant flip-flop on masking. And he goes from, hey, don't be doing this, this doesn't work, etc., to uh, moral high-horsing and finger-wagging and scolding people and shaming people. And it's like... What happened to the dude I used to know? This isn't anything like that at all. Okay, so obviously his marching orders changed somewhere along the line. He was not espousing the correct narrative, and somebody told him, change your tune, dude. This is what we're doing. We're telling people to mask. Yeah, and and, and it, look, I don't think it came from Trump. I don't think Trump was out there like, you're being too liberty and freedom. I mean, clearly he saw the tea leaves, mm-hmm. and the tea leaves at the time, with Fauci spearheading the operation— was that the media wants the lockdowns, the media wants the shutdowns, the media wants, you know, compliant behavior on masking, and the media will write nice things about you if you're pro-mask, pro-lockdown, pro-keep 10,000 feet between you and the nearest possible person. And so clearly Jerome Adams showed himself to be a person void of any sort of core conviction or doing what's right. And he totally flip-flopped. And so, uh, you know me, I'm not going to take that lying down. Yeah. And so my buddy, the guy I used to pound some brewskis with down at the mm-hmm. Cadillac Ranch. Is this why you guys broke up? I sent him the tweets and was like, bro, <laughs> you're pretty moral high horsey here for a guy who said this, rightfully so, at the beginning of COVID. And that got me the, uh, the blockerino. And so I can't see his tweets anymore. And that's why you guys broke up because you had the receipts. Well, yeah, it's like yeah. you said the right thing in the beginning. You said you are a medical doctor. He was a... Well, was he an anesthetist? I think he was an 
Was he an nah, anesthesiologist? Was that what he was? Maybe. That sounds right. I, I'm i not sure. I he wasn't like an, like a medical doctor, like, you're going to come see me if you've got a fever and a cough type of doctor. But it doesn't demean what he did or whatever. I'm not saying it to say that. But the point is, you have a medical background. You have a professional medical background. You know about masking. Mm -hmm. You have the information, which is why Jerome Adams' gut reaction was it doesn't work because he had the information. And when you think about the great villains of COVID, Jerome Adams and Anthony Fauci topped the list because they were in a position of influence if they had been honest with the American people to say, look, this is a virus. It's going to be really bad for some people. Mm-hmm. It's not going to affect certain people. Here are the people who can safely go to work and you're going to be fine if you are in these categories. Hey, maybe you ought to stay home for a, for a little bit. But this thing that morphed into everyone must stay home and you must keep 9,000 feet between you and the next possible person. And you must have your mask on at all times. They fed the insanity. And so, yes, Jerome Adams is a great villain of COVID right up there with Anthony Fauci. He was a, he, an anesthesiologist. Okay, thank you. We, yeah. we were correct on that. And, uh, like, like, and I remember this distinctly, Casey. Like, It's weird the things you, you remember because, I, again, I didn't know him well. I knew him through mutual friends. And just for whatever reason, I vividly remember sitting there, and it's, we talked about this before, like things you remember. It's like, why do I remember this? Like crushing blue moons, okay, having, Mike- a, having a cool conversation with the guy. He was, he was before he was health commissioner, he was the, the uh, he was an anesthesiologist by trade and, and learning all sorts of stuff about, you know, because I was doing the smart ass remarks about like, hey, what if you over inject somebody with blah, 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 what, you know, whatever. And what a great guy. And then he just turned into this colossal pile of crap. And I, it's so disappointing. Yeah, he uh, he ran the Indiana Department of Health. Yeah. He led Indiana's response to Ebola, Zika, HIV, lots of things, became the 20th Surgeon General. My question for you, when you were pounding the blue moon, did you have an <laughs> did you have an orange in it? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. See, on the side of the cup, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah absolutely. Specifically remember that. I mean, huh? why do I remember that? I have no idea. There's no rhyme or reason for that. But it is an example of, and this is probably the overarching theme of COVID, where people who had the knowledge and ability to stop the insanity kept placating ridiculous, uh, ineffective, unaffected behavior. Had the Surgeon General come out and stayed with what has been proven correct, Mm -hmm. which is this is stupid, (laughs) masks don't work, Mm -hmm. we know very early on with this thing, if you are without comorbidities and you're not an elderly person, you're going to be fine. You're probably going to get this anyway. Just go to work. Live your life. If you're older, if you've got these comorbidities, maybe you take extra protection. Our society would have been in a markedly different place. There was no need for shutdowns. There was no need for mass government uh, money printing. You know, we could have helped the people that were unfortunately, you know, targets of this and may may have needed to stay home, et cetera, for a fraction of the cost. But people liked her. And it's so insulting for him to go, well, despite keeping my cushy government job. And now he's making a, a he's got a big thing at Purdue now. Mm-hmm. And it's like. Oh, yeah. And a book deal. And now... Yeah, tell, I, tell the guy who lost his job or his business about your PTSD, buddy. Right. So is he playing the victim now? He said the whole situation was very jarring to him. It's it's like, you know, he didn't expect two and a half years in when he was in D.C. that there would be a global pandemic. But that's what you... And, but that, that's the card that he drew. Sorry, deal with it. Well, let's and let's bring this full circle because we have many, many people who listen to us who love Trump and get mad when I'm critical of Trump. Part of being president, and the biggest way your presidency is judged, 
is how you handle the unexpected. Mm -hmm. Because how you handle the unexpected shows what your core convictions are. And again, Trump, I'm not going to say he's a great villain like a Jerome Adams or a Fauci, but Trump could have had immense sway in how the the Congress handled the magical money printing factory Mm -hmm. during the COVID stuff. Trump should have come out and said, hey, lockdown McGee, open the state of Indiana up. There's no need for the for the state to be shut down. Hey, if you're old, if you have comorbidities, take these precautions. We'll take care of you. We'll figure it out. But there's no need to shut these businesses down. There's no need for Rob Kendall or Casey Daniels or Jack or Kevin or anybody else to not go to work. If you're young and you're healthy and everybody just bought into this and our society got destroyed. It's 18 after 11. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Candace Owens and Bill Maher exposing the death of comedy. Plus, we've got a pool saga update. Oh my gosh, speaking of people who are great villains, the people who run the (laughs) town that I live, oh my gosh, Casey, they're just the most deceitful, awful people in the whole world. (laughs) It's on the way. It's 93 WIBC. Raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com. And talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. It is 20 minutes after 11. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. So Candace Owens was on Bill Maher's show. It wasn't his show. It was his podcast, wasn't it? Yeah, Get it right, lady. Uh, Yeah, and uh, they're sitting there in those big uh, oversized stuffed chairs. He's smoking a cigar. They're cocktailing. His, His podcast seems like fun. Like, like you want to go on random? That? What is it? It's called Club Random. Where I mean, they sit there, mm-hmm. and it is accepted that you're going to get. There's a. Uh, there was a TV show. I don't know if you ever saw it. It's called Drunk History. No, have you I ever seen yeah. this? No, you seen this? Yeah. It's great. They take celebrities, and the premise is you are going to get super liquored up, and then we're going to start. We're going to start talking to you mm-hmm. about historical things, and we're going to see the super liquored up version of yourself attempt to explain these historical <laughs> events and they have uh that's friday's show by the they, way we're gonna do that here on friday they have other famous <laughs> celebrities like act out mm-hmm. the ridiculous things that the drunk celebrities are saying i don't even know if it's still on anymore but it, it really is a was a funny show yeah and it's not like they don't premise. have like when i say celebrities it's not like oh we had uh tom cruise it's like like a jack black i think is in one of them and and uh yeah it, any Anyway, I don't know why I got off on that, but that oh, it seems Bill like fun. Bill Maher, yeah, yeah, Bill Maher. He's got it set up where it's like we want you to, you know, pound hey. a, a hard, a hard uh, alcohol of your choice, mm-hmm. and we're gonna sit here and shoot the bull. And if you get a little tipsy, I think maybe that's so quite okay. I well, I think it's a definite contrast from his broadcast because yeah. he can let loose a little. Yeah, because this is all internet based. They can, you know, say the swear words and have the cocktails and smoke and do whatever they want to do. I think he's trying to make his guests feel comfortable. I don't know about you, but and we've prefaced this many times with Mars is not your friend. He's not your buddy. Right. He doesn't like you. He, If you're a conservative, he actually hates you. He's changing his tune a I, lot lately. I do, however, and yeah. I, one of the reasons I'm such a fabulous broadcaster, Casey, and our ratings are so great is mm-hmm. because I am capable of 
listening to people that I disagree with and recognizing talents that they have. Mm -hmm. And, you know, plagiarism is the greatest form of flattery in our business. There's people who emulate me. There's people who I grew up emulating that became what became me, et cetera. And acknowledging that even if you disagree and you're a phenomenal broadcaster, so I'm sure you'll agree with this. Even if you disagree with someone, there are people you can listen to and go, that person is a great orator of Mm -hmm. whatever they're trying to do. Yeah. And Mar is phenomenal at... Um, telling you exactly what he thinks, yet facilitating a discussion from you while being super opinionated. Well, I think what he does is he tries to get people to buy in to the message and yeah. think it's their own. Yeah. So and, then they take ownership of it. And and I respect the fact that while Mar is liberal, he is common sense in Israel. We played the thing about Islam the other day with him. Talk- he's right. Mm-hmm. He's totally right on that. He's right about it. He's been critical of the riots and the BLM and all this other stuff. Now, I think he's wrong on a whole bunch of stuff. But I'm also willing to respect his talent as a broadcaster, an interviewer. He's not really an interviewer. He, he just facilitates conversation, which is kind of what we do mm-hmm. here. When we, inter- when we have people on our show, hell, half the time's just me making blanket, you know. It, it, Statements to get a reaction. Exactly. But that's why people <laughs> listen to our show, because we facilitate what mm-hmm. the person actually thinks. You know, the, when we had Rust on earlier, I said, that's crap. And he goes, yeah, that's right. It is yeah, crap. Just to see if he agrees exactly. with you or and not. Exactly. And he did because yeah. that's what he actually thinks. So uh, look, I'm not critical of Mar in the sense of uh, would he light me on fire given the opportunity? Probably. But I can also watch him and go, the guy's pretty good at what he does. Mm-hmm. Well, he had Candace Owens on his show and they were talking about the death of comedy. Don't you miss being able to make fun of each other in like a feel good way? Go watch the old stand up comedians. They would walk in, they'd be on stage, and they would just literally, you could not survive. You were Chinese, you're getting right. a joke. You're black, of you're getting course. a joke about your, and everyone right. is being offended, and everyone's right. laughing. And when they walk out, right. they're closer. 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 Because you need I to have, agree you need more. to have it right. taken out. You're you like, do. You're not now, when you're, when you're walking on eggshells, yeah. see, I can't make a joke because if, if it's taken the wrong way. I've got to issue an apology. If it's right. taken, it's and like, that way we don't get closer. Yeah. We never get closer. We never right. get closer. And I'm, it's, I it's still terrible. keep that in my friendships. I make fun of my friends so for, I'm like, oh, well, it's because you're black or that because you're Spanish. Oh, you're Jewish. And that and that is why we are so close, because we are able to. That is actually also, how people And it's not to say together. that racism still doesn't, never doesn't go exist. Away. There's always going to be stupid people. Like, like there will all be criminals. Yes, exactly. It's, the people are dumb. We get that. Right. <laughs> yeah. good, good point. People are dumb. All right, Casey, hmm. uh, before we go to break. Yeah. Do you want to do number 10 on our template, this Hillary thing? Oh, you want to do that right Can now? Can we do it? Do we have time? <laughs> I feel like we should totally do this. Yeah, I think we have time. Okay, okay let, me, let me set this up for everyone. We normally sure. don't play a clip this long, and maybe we'll cut it off at a certain point. All right. Hillary, I don't know how we cut this off. This is this is classic. So Hillary is at some... Institute of Global Politics. Which just sounds like a military-industrial complex yeah. uh, paid-for event, doesn't it? The mm-hmm. Institute of Global Politics. And she is headlining some panel or moderating some panel, And this is so great because it happens to conservatives all the time. Some guy stands up in the middle of it and starts getting into it with her. And instead of doing the right thing, which is like, sir, there's a time for the comments. We'll get to you later. I'll be back for the meet and greet, which apparently there was one later. If you'd like to do that, then thank you. And then if he keeps going, hey, you're out of here. See ya. She gets into it with this guy. And then the panelists start getting Mm -hmm. into it with this guy. And I don't know who all these panelists were. Clearly, totally lefty, warmonger, military-industrial complex people. Can we just play this? Yep. It's a little longer than we normally do. Maybe we'll stop it when we feel like we've proven the point. But this is, it's too good just not to play. 
struck by the hypocrisy of the two more people I, I to hear from. I'm sorry. You, you have a the, chance. Well, the, I'm not sorry. The, the hip, sit down. I, I know you're not sorry. People, That's the point. The hypocrisy of this talk. speech. The I'm hypocrisy of the fact that what, what do you have? Can you please? Can you, is can you please make a statement about President Joe Biden's speech? This is a clearly warmongering speech. President Joe Biden is calling for a hundred billion dollars of funding for Israel, Taiwan, and Ukraine, and we're supposed to just bundle these together and pretend like we're going to rush to World War III and we're all just going to let Hillary Rodham Clinton sit here. And, okay. I'm yes. sorry. You know, yes. this is not, what, what, this is not no, the way no, to no, have no, a conversation. I'm sorry. If you want my, to have my, a conversation, you're no, welcome to come you, talk to you me can, afterwards. You can sit here. Okay, you're right. You're yeah, gonna you're gonna yeah. you're gonna wait for me, right? I, please, I, I, I don't. I do not believe you. I will you. listen to you. And I, do, I will respond. I do to not you. believe you. But Respectfully, right. I do not believe you. Well, and the fact just, of the matter is that the just, American people's voice are what need to be heard. Yeah, because, they are being Because heard. our president is not speaking for the American people, and well, neither are you. That's your opinion. That's your opinion. Yes, that's my but, opinion. But well, then sit down. We've heard your opinion. Thank you very much. Now we're gonna. Turn I'm not gonna sit down. I'm not gonna stop. I'm not gonna stop working. I'm gonna wait here. I'm going to exercise my free speech <laughs> until not, until I'm removed. But it's not free speech when you this, are disrupting yes, everybody it is. else's opportunity. It is free speech. Sure. This is free speech, everyone. This is free speech. That is not free speech. This is people constructing narratives that are openly hypocritical. I'm sorry. You, the, the incredible hypocrisy. You, you know, tell me John Foster Dulles went with Eleanor Roosevelt to bring this Declaration of the Rights of Man. John Foster Dulles was involved with the CIA. Oh, yeah. Well, you're brilliant in your oh, historical yeah, thank uh, you. And the Pinochet regime. Please, could you please inform me about the United States? That's enough. That's it. I don't know what the third ring of hell sounds like when you get there, but it's probably that. Wow. Wasn't that great? Oh, that was amazing. She was, uh, how unprofessional from her. Well, you know what strikes me about this is because when she was young and she, when she was on the college yeah. campus, she would have her bullhorn and she was a big old yeah. protester and give me my time to speak and I'm going to tell you what Hillary Clinton thinks or yeah. Hillary Rodham at that point, right? And now she's older and she had all the power, yep. right? And all the money and all the influence. And when the tables are turned and somebody is young and protests what she has to say, yep. she can't take it. Yep, and that is, uh, boy, you're sure right. All right, Casey, when we come back, mm-hmm. we'll, we'll get to uh, these just complete scumbags that run the place that I live. And uh, this is the only recourse I have left at this point. It's just you and me having a conversation about it. And what do we got? We got like Ron DeSantis audio. We have Ron well. DeSantis, and we also have one last phone call oh, that yes. I want to get to. We got to so, do that. Somebody called, and they 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 went out in their own neighborhood <laughs> and did some door to door polling, do and it. they have some stats for us that are fascinating. Great. It's all coming up. It's Kendall and Casey on ninety three WIBC. Good morning. It is 1133. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. 317-684-8444 is the phone number for our voicemails. We got one that I wanted to get to because I thought somebody did something really interesting. They walked around their own neighborhood and went door to door and started asking questions and came up with a lot of different statistics. Like just just randomly knocking on people's doors? Randomly knocking on people's doors. I would never have the guts to do that. Doing their own polling. And uh, they had a lot of data and they actually broke it down into percentages. So I thought it would be interesting to hear that. Here we go. I wanted to tell you a little thing that my wife and I did. I live in the city of Martinsville. We're homeowners, and we were always curious about just how many people voted. So over the last three weekends, we spent about 50 hours knocking on doors or talking to people in their yard. 
we actually got to 100 homes. The questions we asked, and we said that we didn't represent anyone politically and that we did not represent anyone else besides just ourselves. We asked them if they voted locally. About 8% said yes. <laughs> we asked them if they voted nationally. About 13% said yes. We asked them where they got their news. Locally, it was 21%. Fox News, Newsmax, etc. It was about 30%. The Internet was about 19%, and other was about 30%. <laughs> we asked the age group and those that Without getting too personal, it was about 21 to 40 was 36%, 40 to 60 was 38%, 60 to, you know, and over was about 23%, something like that. My personal summary of the whole thing that we did was people were just too busy, and they actually said that, and they just didn't seem to care about politics, which is so unfortunate. And by the way, we did ask, when they asked us where we got our information, we listened to Newsmax also, but about 9% said that they listened to WIBC. Hey. Thought I'd pass that along. Hey. Okay, so this is actually going to dovetail into the next thing we're going to talk about, mm-hmm. which is the total crisis of leadership and a lack of reason to engage or be excited about governance in this country. Mm-hmm. And that is the fault of the politicians. The politicians have created such an environment where people feel so helpless and so overwhelmed that they simply say, I am just choosing not to engage. I give up. Yeah. I mean, that is, that's cool that guy did that. Yeah. That's a that's a marriage you should totally strive for right there, is that that's what we do in our free time. We just go s- survey our neighbors. It's some random streets in Martinsville. Mm-hmm. Good on that guy. Yeah. But it is interesting, right? I mean, it's, you know. He wanted to know how informed his neighbors were. And the reality is... You have eight per eight out of a hundred said I voted in the local election, and the issue is because the local elections we don't educate or inform or engage people. Like I found this in my race because I said I'm going to get all sorts of new people to vote, and they went ha ha chuckle stupid guy in his twenties sure you will, and we did mm-hmm. because we gave people a reason to believe people, and we followed through on all the things we promised to do. That doesn't exist anymore. Shreve's a great example. Shreve gives you no reason to be excited about voting for Shreve for mayor. There's nothing Shreve says or does that you say, wow, the city's going to get so much better. Mm -hmm. I can't wait. Hogsett sucks. We all know that. Mm -hmm. It's not a reason to go vote. Mm -hmm. You have to make people believe in you. And again, I come back to this. And Tony's been being antagonistic about this. And I, hey, game on, brother. I would encourage everyone not to vote for Jefferson Shreve because he's not incrementally better. There's nothing about Jefferson Shreve that tells you he would be incrementally, even incrementally better than Joe Hogshead. And the fact that Tony believes that, I may have to sell him some land in the Jersey swamp somewhere. But that's fine. He's entitled to his opinion. I'm done with that. Mm Mm-hmm. People don't believe in the politicians anymore. Well, why should they when they lie and gaslight and manipulate? Exactly. And so if you had people who genuinely stood for something and genuinely followed through on their promises, even if you disagreed with them, you would see far more people engage in the process, Mm -hmm. which brings me to my next topic, Casey, because here is what this guy found in Martinsville on the South 
side of Indianapolis, south of Indianapolis. Yeah. I'm going to tell you what we find on the west side, yeah. which is these local government people who are incredible wussies. I want to say something other than wussies. It rhymes with wussy, but I don't think I can get away with that you one, cannot. so I'm not going to. Who lie and lie and deceive and manipulate. And you know what people say? They say, F you. Mm-hmm. And I'm just disengaged in this process. So remember this thing with the pool, right? Yep. They were going to form this building corporation, and we went and said, what the hell is this? Like, you don't even have any public input on whether the public actually wants this thing or not. And they threw their hands up at that meeting and said, well, you know what? Maybe this is right. we got to be more transparent about this. Let's get the public input, and then we'll decide. Yeah. There's been one public input meeting. Now, I couldn't go because they only gave one week's notice, and they did it over fall break when other people had plans. But by multiple accounts of people who were there, this wasn't some thing where town hall was flooded with people going, oh, my gosh, yes, give us a $25 million swimming pool that'll never make money, please. (laughs) It was pretty much Mm 50-50. There were a group of people who want the free stuff, and there were people there who were saying- Who don't want to pay for the free stuff. Exactly. Let them build their own swimming pool. So this isn't like there's some overwhelming thing for this. So if your goal was to say we're going to build consensus, there is none. So you have a hyper-expensive, losing-money proposal that your community is clearly divided on And obviously the correct thing to do would be like, we're done with this. We're going to put this money to infrastructure, roads, bridges, sidewalks, things that everybody uses. Yeah. You've had one meeting. They've already said they're having two more meetings because they didn't get the response they wanted out of the first meeting. And on the agenda for the Brownsburg Town Council meeting tomorrow night, Casey, Mm -hmm. is the the establishment of the building corporation, 11.3. A resolution approving the formation of the Brownsburg Building Corporation and appointing certain directors to the corporation. Click on the link. Dun, da, da, da. What's it say right here? This resolution is to establish a building corporation in order to secure financing for the Aquatic Center project. There you go. Despite telling people no decisions have been made, we value your input. Meeting one of three, mm-hmm. right? They say there's three, so you don't have all the input. They're already moving forward. And meeting one mm-hmm. was not sunshine and rainbows. There were a lot of people who were super pissed off about watching $25 million go down the toilet they lied same meeting casey if we go down the agenda they just voted not to raise the water and sewer rates dun da 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 are you ready yeah are you ready mm-hmm. are you ready for this jelly <laughs> an ordinance amending ordinance 92-18 an ordinance to establish it oh sorry that's the wrong one uh where is it at here it is clearly on here somewhere well anyway there's too many things oh here we go ordinance 11, uh 11.6 ordinance 2023-21 an ordinance of the town council of the town of brownsburg amending title 5 chapter 54 of the town of brownsburg code of ordinance relating to water and water rates mm-hmm. water rates are going up again after they just told us Yeah, we're going to table that for this year. We're not raising your water rates this year. They lie and they lie and they lie and they lie. And these people who are supposed to be the highest amongst us in the community, who are supposed to be above reproach, who are supposed to represent the people, they sit there because they're gutless cowards. They're gutless, spineless, pathetic cowards. And it is happening at government all levels, which is why when that guy went door to door, 8% of the people said they give a crap. Yeah. Because there's nothing to believe in. People look at this and go, why does it matter whether I participate? You're just going to do what you want to do, do anyway. You're going to do anyway. Yeah. And you're going to lie to me about swimming pools and you're going to lie to me about water rates and these scumbags. And if you look people in the eye and you lie to them, you are a scumbag. You are a giant, colossal piece of crap. This is why people don't engage. Regardless of what the public input says, sounds like they're going to move forward anyway. Yes. Doesn't matter. And, they, and it just pan up. Yeah. Just look at me and say, Rob Kendall and your massive audience, 
we don't give a crap what you think. Mm-hmm. And we don't care how many people come in this town hall and tell us they don't want this, or we don't care how divisive it is. We're doing it. I want my name on a plaque. I'm doing it. I don't care what it costs. I don't care what the money loses, the loss happens. Don't lie to people. Just stop the lying, Casey. Okay, so let's talk about the uh, Speaker of the House nomination really quick. It looks like uh, Donald Trump has endorsed Mike Johnson. He said that he would be spectacular, maybe for many years to come. He'll be very good, so we're very happy about it. Trump went on to say, uh, make it happen. Get it done fast. How long till he turns on this guy? What are you giving him? Well, I don't know. I think if they're voting today, uh, he said, get it done fast. No, no, no. I'm saying once he's the speaker, how oh. long do you give until Trump turns on this guy well, on, as, on as, truth? As soon as he does Over something. under two weeks. <laughs> over under two weeks. What are you taking? Uh, I, I'm going to say over. Okay, you say it'll be more than two weeks yeah. before Trump fires some sort of post on Truth Social Media condemning this guy for something that he did. Yeah, I think he likes him, and it's gonna because this is this Mike Johnson has been sticking up for Donald Trump all along. Oh well, there you go. Yeah, that's it, right? That's what it's all about. Mm-hmm. Boy, I feel better after that segment, Casey. I'm glad. I'm glad. I'll feel worse tomorrow night, but I feel better for right now. Hey, did you see that uh, rent is 5% higher than it was a year ago? What? Yep, and we've got the cost of the uh, average rent in Indianapolis, and that is coming up from 93 WIBC. Raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Indianapolis median rent is $1,566, Rob, 5% higher than it was a year ago. Yeah, so this is super interesting. You can read this at WIBC.com. Just go to the side piece section and read Casey's fabulous work. Please wait until noon to do that. (laughs) Um, But this is part of what we've talked about, which is there is no way out of rising prices. And you look at when you're, I, I don't know, you have the article in front of you there. Mm-hmm. Does it actually say the size that you can get for 15, it's 15 For 16? the square footage? Yeah. No, okay. it's just like the median price. I'm, I'm guessing. Mm-hmm. I'm guessing. Now, is that, a, is that a home apartment that's all included in that? It's actually apartment, oh, just apartment. because it's from rent.com. I'm guessing that's at most a two-bedroom mm-hmm. apartment. Yeah, two-bedroom, one-bath is pretty much May, the average. Maybe, maybe 1,000 square feet, if you're lucky. Mm-hmm. Probably closer to 800 would be my guess. And so you look at that and you say, how are you supposed to be able to continuously afford living when the stuff that is most essential to living Mm -hmm. keeps going up more than you are earning? Yeah. Well, the national median price for rent is $2,011. So Indianapolis 
cheaper yeah. than the national average, yet still, it's still up year over year. And the thing that struck me the most when I was writing this article is how big the news flash was that month over month, it went down. You know, everybody's like, oh my gosh, rent dropped for the first time in six months. It's the cheapest it's been since April. But hello, year over year, it's still a 5% increase. Well, and this is and, and this is the crazy part about this is because of the rising interest rates, mm-hmm. home, uh, home buying is less affordable than it's been in a very, very long time. And so now you have people who previously were in the home buyer's game that are now pushed back into the rent game and that enables landlords because he who controls the gold makes the rules Mm -hmm. to charge more for similar you know things year year over year can't blame the landlord i mean this is look capitalist society if you can get something for it clearly they can go ahead and, and and go for it um and you and the thing about renting is ultimately you have nothing to show for it at least if you buy a home, hey, you're building some sort of equity in your home, exactly. et cetera. You could put some sweat equity into it if you improve the right. space. You can't improve uh, an apartment. No. Most of the time, you can't even paint it. Right. And and look, $1,500 is not cheap. And, you know, you talk about, well, hey, it's lower. It's, two, what was it? What did you say? 2011? Mm-hmm. Oh, it's the national medium. Uh, what, what was it? 2011? Yep. Dollars? That's period? it. 2011. Okay. So, it. Yes, it's cheaper, but our wages here are also a lot less than they are in, say, a place like California, which mm-hmm. factors into the price you're talking about. So it's not like, oh, look at what a great deal you're getting here here in Indiana. I mean, the state of Indiana and the gov- the state government has totally screwed people because the property taxes have never been higher. The rent is on the rise. Mm-hmm. It is markedly more expensive to live in a home than it was, say, even five years ago. Well, it is. So uh, Indianapolis, $200 cheaper than someplace in the South on average, $1,000 cheaper than anywhere in the Northeast or the West. But the thing that struck me is that over the past two years, rent has increased $171 per month. Yeah. Almost $200 per month. Yeah. Increase month after month after month for the past 2 years for what? The same exact space. Actually, an older space yeah. because that place is getting older yeah. every single month that you live there. I mean, it, you know, it's um it, it, my dad and I were talking about this last night that basically People are now regular people. Now, there are wealthy people who have the ability to, hey, I can, I have enough cash on hand. I mean, didn't you just literally back briefcases of $1 bills up to buy your home? <laughs> like Scrooge McDuck, yeah, it's no, sure. It's no big mm-hmm. deal to you. Casey was spitting coins out at the at the closing. <laughs> but for, for normal people, mm-hmm. you're essentially staring into the abyss now of whatever house I bought into, I'm locked into. Mm-hmm. Now, again, there are ways around it. I'm not saying everybody is just totally stuck wherever they're at. But for someone like me, who at this point would like nothing more than get the hell out of this little hell hole that I live in on the west side. Yeah, but you have a locked-in interest rate yeah, right now. If I, you were to move and get a new place, I, you're looking at 8%. It's it's absolutely, I have a phenomenal deal on the place I'm at right now compared to what's going on mm-hmm. in society. And it's something I have to factor in, which is why I have about a three-year plan. By the way, if you're thinking about buying in Brownsburg, don't. If you're thinking about starting a business in Brownsburg, don't, because it is run by <laughs> some of the most dumbest, most deceitful people alive that you could imagine, and you are asking for trouble. But... Uh, my point is, for most people, 
it's like you're just stuck. Mm-hmm. Like you, uh, I guess I better really like where I chose to live. Yeah, start improving that space. Hey, call Galaxy Concrete Coating and get your garage done. <laughs> but of course, we're talking about renting a place, so you really you can't do that without the <laughs> landlord's permission. Hey, before we leave today, Rob, did you see this list of restaurants that women apparently are refusing to go to on a first date? This is so wild. It, this list has gone viral, and I can't even believe it. It's a really long list, too. Yeah. Would you? Okay. So where'd your Man, where'd your husband take you on your first date? Where'd on you go? On our first date, uh, we we <laughs> to the studio. Oh yeah, you worked together. We met didn't at you? work. <laughs> yeah, but you had to go somewhere. There was someone. He was like, well, other than us, uh, you know. Uh, Whatever. Here you know it. what? There was a sports bar that we would go okay. to in uh, East Lansing. Yeah. So uh, Coscarelli's, I think, was the name yeah, of okay. it. That's not on this list, but the list that does include places like Cheesecake Factory, uh-huh. Applebee's. Yeah. I guess you Ooh, can't be fancy like no Applebee's. Good. That's no good for me. Yeah. Chili's, Chipotle, Olive Garden, <laughs> and Wingstop, Red Lobster, Buffalo Wild Wings. I don't know why. I love their boneless wings. IHOP, Denny's, Starbucks. Uh-huh. And on this list are a few places that actually aren't restaurants. Yeah. So I I don't know how it made the list, but they said don't go to a gym, don't go to church, don't go to the gym, ice cream dates, family functions, movie night, somewhere that requires a long drive, bowling is out, uh-huh. nightclubs, a hookah bar. Where the hell are you supposed to go, Casey? Exactly. That's what I was thinking. Don't go to sports events. Waffle House is a no-no. And after I was reviewing this list, I thought, well, poor Casey. Kevin, where is he supposed yeah. to take anybody on a first date? And I came up with a solution. One place that is not on this list. What's that? A park. Oh, yeah. I guess you can go for a walk in a park. Yeah, and Kevin loves the park. Yeah, or you can go hiking. So Here's here's the thing, though, and I, I had a theory on this, yeah. and you can tell me if this was crazy or, or not. Um, I used to always enjoy meeting somebody at a bar during the day mm-hmm. because I needed one of the things I needed to learn very quickly was would I enjoy day drinking with this person the <laughs> night drinking's easy right it's out it's wild it's sure. fun sure. Uh, you know you're uh, you're maybe thinking about the interpersonal relations that mm-hmm. may be occurring later if everyone's had enough libations that's fine uh-huh. but what is that person going to be like in the daytime uh-huh. and so I used to pull to do a Seinfeld reference here the old switcheroo yeah. and I always try to meet somebody in the middle of the day at just kind of a regular like sports bar type of place and if I had a good time with them there yeah. then I said okay green light we're moving on I like the nightlife uh-huh. I like the boogie <laughs> well a bar for just drinks is on this list of places that you should not go on a first well, date well Casey those people are full of crap I don't know so if you don't want to bring alcohol into it look how happy it. I ended up if you don't want to bring alcohol into it Rob I've come up with this plan oh, and this is something that, that Kevin should do he should go somewhere around Broad, broad Ripple yeah Buy a smoothie uh-huh. and go for a walk on the Monon. That's basically the only option left? Yeah. Who were these people? I'd go on that Did they date. say who these people were that <laughs> came up with this list? No, it's it's women. Oh, it's women in general. <laughs> just just well, a generic There women. lies the problem. Oh, no. All right, that's going to do it for us. Thank you, Rob. Thank you, Kevin. And thank you for listening today. It is Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time.